President Biden meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, a look at what the leaders talked about and why some lawmakers are sounding alarms. Could U.S.-China economic relations be improving? Treasury Secretary Yellen saying she hopes so, alongside the G20 summit. A spy caught, an American civilian defense contractor receiving his sentence in California for providing Beijing with aviation-related intel. And three more charged in federal courts for sending details on U.S. submarines and missiles to China, plus importing Chinese parts that went into U.S. military devices. And Biden raising alarms about Chinese military activities in a Cambodian base. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Ellie Hart, in for Tiffany Meyer. Before we turn to today's news, we'd like to introduce you the sponsor of today's episode. Secure, the true solution for your digital privacy and security. Secure is a private and secure messaging and email solution hosted in Switzerland using military-grade encryption and Swiss privacy laws, giving you true privacy. Secure is 100% private and does not collect or sell any of your personal data. Secure's Helix technology connects you securely to our Swiss servers without the need of a VPN, guaranteeing privacy and security for all your communications. Secure Messenger doesn't require your phone number or any personal data that hackers target. Chat by Invites allows you to chat privately and securely with anyone outside of your secure network without the need for others to download Secure. Secure Send offers you a private and secure way to email anyone outside of Secure. You won't find this level of privacy or security on any other email or instant messaging application. Visit secure.com. Regain and protect your privacy today. President Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping meeting face-to-face -face for the first time as top leaders. The two discussed a series of issues with relations between the two countries at their worst in decades. The talks come as both countries grapple with issues like Taiwan and the war in Ukraine. NTD's Iris Tal has more. On Monday, Biden and Xi met for nearly three hours to hash out some of the thorniest issues in their relationship. That includes Taiwan, China's human rights abuses, and an ongoing competition. Here's what Biden said about the two countries after the meeting. We're going to compete vigorously. But I'm not looking for conflict. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. And Biden notably said this about Taiwan. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I uh, made it clear that our policy in Taiwan has not changed at all. While Biden said the U.S. is committed to promoting peace in the Taiwan Strait, the Chinese Communist Party's readout of the meeting said there could be no peace with an independent Taiwan. And here's China expert Gordon Chang on Biden's Taiwan remarks. President Biden was firm on his points. The, the point that was the most important was that the United States would oppose any unilateral move on the part of either side to change the status quo. But Chang also knows a caveat. If the Chinese don't believe President Biden's warnings on Ukraine, then they very well may not believe his warnings on Taiwan. Meanwhile, human rights is another point of friction. Here's what Biden said. He was clear and I was clear that we'll defend American interests and values, promote universal human rights. The White House added that Biden raised concerns to Xi about China's human rights abuses in Xinjiang, Tibet and Hong Kong. But the Chinese statement made zero mention of them. Despite such diverging talking points, Biden told Xi that the U.S. is willing to work with him on issues like climate and food security. The United States stands ready to do just that, work with you if that's what you desire. 
But some lawmakers are sounding the alarm. Senator Marsha Blackburn said in a tweet, quote, Xi Jinping is focused on global domination, not working with the Biden administration on climate change. And Senator Tom Cotton accused Biden of being weak, saying Biden failed to acknowledge China's Cold War against the U.S., adding that it would further endanger Taiwan and embolden Xi. Meanwhile, the two pledged to keep communication lines open, and the White House announced that Secretary of State Antony Blinken would travel to China to follow up on Monday's meeting. Reporting from the White House, at Tao, NTD News. And on the topic of North Korea, Biden said Beijing has an obligation to dissuade North Korea from conducting nuclear tests. He added the U.S. would take defensive action should North Korea continue its weapons testing, though he didn't give details. On the sidelines of the G20 summit on Monday, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she hopes President Joe Biden's meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping will boost U.S.-China economic engagement. Here's more on her remarks. Yellen said the meeting aimed to stabilize the U.S.-China relationship and provide certainty for U.S. businesses in the future. Yellen also will meet with People's Bank of China Governor Yi Gong on Monday. She plans to discuss some economic issues, including China's COVID-19 lockdown policies and its troubled property sector. Earlier this year, the cash-strapped Chinese property sector saw a wave of debt defaults. And with China's strict pandemic policies that have squeezed the country's output and global supply chains, Yellen has encouraged more effective vaccinations in China, noting that American mRNA vaccines are at the ready. The meeting comes as U.S.-China relations hit a new low. That's over Taiwan and the growing U.S. technology export restrictions. Yellen said the U.S. has been clear with China about an independent U.S. supply chain and national security concerns about sensitive U.S. technologies transferred to China. But Yellen added the U.S. isn't trying to push U.S. firms out of China, nor curtail a wide range of commercial activities between the two countries. With global trade and economic relations largely reshaped by the pandemic, U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen now wants India to be part of the Biden administration's friend-shoring agenda. On Friday, Yellen promoted the new trade approach in India. It aims to protect supply chains from what she called risky countries like China. Unlike onshoring or bringing production back home, the Biden administration has been pursuing what is called friend-shoring. It's the policy of investing and practicing trade with like-minded countries. That's after the administration warned earlier this year that the United States cannot make, mine, or manufacture everything itself. So with friend-shoring, Yellen said the U.S. will boost trade ties with trusted trading partners like India. And that's to detach global supply chains from American adversaries like China. An American civilian defense contractor has been sentenced in California. He was accused of acting as a spy for China and providing Beijing with aviation-related intel from his employer, an American defense contractor. Here are the details. 67-year-old Shapur Moynian was sentenced on November 7th for lying on national security background forms by indicating he had not had close contact with foreign nationals. Moynian, a former U.S. Army helicopter pilot, worked for various cleared defense contractors, including employers in San Diego. The U.S. Attorney's Office says cleared indicates the contractor is allowed to work on projects involving classified information. Prosecutors allege that while Moynian was working on an aviation contract in San Diego, he was recruited to provide information on, quote, multiple types of aircraft. A prosecution sentencing memo states that the United States has no way of knowing what information was passed and how damaging it was to the United States. 
According to Nathan Fennis, Moynian's defense attorney, none of the information involved was classified. He says most of the information provided is available from open sources on the Internet. While prosecutors accused Moynian of being aware his contacts in China worked for the government, his attorney says that the Chinese employer never specifically stated they were. Moynian was sentenced to 20 months in a federal prison. And three more people charged in federal court last week. They're accused of selling U.S. military secrets to China and bringing Chinese goods into the U.S. defense supply chain. The Justice Department said in a statement that Phil Pasco, Monica Pasco, and Scott Tubbs used their company Quadrant to conduct an illegal scheme. They allegedly sent dozens of drawings about U.S. aviation, submarines, and missiles to a Chinese company. They also imported rare earth magnets that were manufactured in China. These magnets were included in components sold to the Pentagon. Finally, these parts were used in advanced U.S. fighter jets, among other military devices. Rare earth magnets sold to the Pentagon must be manufactured in the United States or an approved country. China is an approved country. A friendly gesture to a neighboring country or a new foothold for the Chinese military near the South China Sea. Debate over a controversial military base is heating up. China says it's helping Cambodia upgrade a naval facility called the Rhein Naval Base. Beijing calls the assistant part of normal aid. But without directly naming the U.S., a Chinese regime spokesperson said. I hope that extraterritorial countries will view the normal interaction and cooperation between China and Cambodia correctly. The China-Cambodian cooperation is raising concerns in Washington. Just two days ago, President Biden singled out the military base in talks with Cambodia. He urged the South Asian country to be transparent about Chinese military activities there. The comment follows reports that the base is building a facility exclusively for Chinese military use. Here's Cambodia's response to the concerns. Its defense minister said even though China funded the upgrade, it's for the benefit of Cambodia's national defense. Why is this military base getting attention from the world's top powers? It occupies a prime location. The base is close to one of the globe's most important shipping lanes, called the Strait of Malacca. It's the shortest sea route linking the Indian Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. Almost a quarter of global trade passes through the strait, and a quarter of all oil transported by sea also travels through it. China, Japan, and South Korea also rely on the strait for most of their oil. If Beijing can take control of the Cambodian base, it would gain a foothold near the strategically important South China Sea. The base would also serve as Beijing's second overseas military outpost, and that would bring Beijing one step closer towards its goal of creating a global network of military facilities. Beijing is considering a number of countries for such facilities, and Cambodia is on the list. That's according to a report from the Pentagon. Right now, China has the world's largest navy, but unlike the U.S., it doesn't have a global network of military bases to project power. That said, the regime has started working on it and has already set up its first overseas military base in Djibouti, Africa. Djibouti is located near the strategic entrance to the Red Sea. The U.S. and other Western countries also run military facilities there. Back to the Rim military base in Cambodia, a shift in its use shows a split in Cambodia's relations with the U.S. and how it has grown closer to Beijing. This site used to be where Cambodia conducted military drills with the U.S., but the South Asian country halted that cooperation in 2017. Months after doing drills with China, 
Two years later, a Wall Street Journal report said China struck a secret agreement with Cambodia. Under it, the Chinese army could have exclusive use of parts of a Cambodian Navy base. In 2021, Cambodia demolished two U.S.-funded facilities on the Rheem Naval Base. That's after turning down America's offer to pay for renovations. Beijing has become Cambodia's biggest trading partner. And just last week, China announced a large aid package for the country, totaling over $27 million. And while Biden says his conversation with Xi was open and candid, there's at least one issue they reportedly discussed that has been long been fraught with tension and evasion, human rights. NTD Evening News host Stephania Cox sat down with Levi Browdy, executive director of the Information Center of Spiritual Movement Falun Gong, to discuss this issue. Browdy said talking publicly about human rights with China is much more effective than in private behind closed doors. Levi Browdy, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Now, human rights was only lightly touched upon during President Biden and Xi Jinping's meeting. The official White House readout only makes one mention of it, saying Biden raised concerns about PRC practices in Xinjiang, Tibet and Hong Kong and human rights more broadly. What do you make of this? Well, it is a bit of a concern, not just with this meeting, but it's 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 been a pattern over many, many years and many administrations to mention only human rights very generally and only in private behind closed doors. And unfortunately, that's something the CCP has leaned on Western governments for years to do. Um, it's much more effective to be specific in public about mentioning human rights abuses. Uh, we've seen that work in the past. More, most recently, the, the Department of State has issued sanctions uh, against specific Chinese officials for specific um, human rights abuses against Falun Gong, and that has really caused a good change in parts of China in having Falun Gong people in some cases released or the treatment of them being less severe. So specific public statements are very important. Unfortunately, that didn't happen here. We would encourage, encourage the Biden administration and really governments around the world to really put a focus on that and try and do that at any, any chance they can. Coming up, as the White House TV producer called out to Biden, asking if he would raise China's human rights abuses to Xi Jinping. A person from the Chinese side attacked her, pushing her toward the door. Levi Browdy, executive director for the Falun Gong Information Center, spoke to NTD host Stephania Cox about the incident. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Moments before Biden and Xi were set to hold their discussion, a White House TV producer called out to Biden, asking if he would raise concerns about China's human rights abuses in Xinjiang and elsewhere. A person from the Chinese side attacked her immediately. NTD Evening News host Stephania Cox spoke to Levi Browdy, executive director for the Falun Gong Spiritual Movement's Information Center, to get his take. Now, a member of the Chinese delegation today shoved a White House TV producer when she called out to Biden asking if he would raise human rights abuses in the meeting. What do you think this display indicates about the regime and its attitude toward being confronted about its human rights abuses? Well, there's two things there. And I, I think, you know, this was not a surprise to us. I mean, going back to the last 20, 20 years, 
We've had our own people, if they try and demonstrate in front of a Chinese leader or something like that, when they're traveling delegations around the, around the world, we've gotten beaten, shoved. I mean, this is very par for the course. It's very normal. The fact that it happened in such a high visibility position is not usual, but I think it does offer a glimpse to something, which is the second point I want to make, and that is, according to Freedom House and, and much of our studies and studies of other groups, China is the largest aggressor of transnational repression around the world, meaning they go after any voice that tries to give a voice to people who are being persecuted in China or just say something that the CCP doesn't like, and they systematically attack those people in Western democracies, let alone other countries around the world. We've seen this throughout um, the United States here with the Falun Gong community. We've had people beaten, harassed, their businesses threatened, their family members back in China threatened. So this is, I mean, it was interesting because it was just a tiny little incident, but it really, it, it did show you a very small glimpse of, of what the CCP is engaged in worldwide to silence dissident voices, to silence journalists, to silence anybody who is gonna shine a light on the human rights abuses in China. So I think it's very telling and people should pay attention to this and kind of explore uh, that behavior and, and what they're really doing around the world. And the Chinese Communist Party is criticized around the world for a number of things, but being confronted about its human rights abuses seems to be a particular sore point for the CCP. Why do you think this is? Well, you know, we've had, um, there was a leaked speech from a senior Chinese official that came out in about 2016, and he talked about how important it is to manage, especially these traveling delegations, especially when someone like Xi goes, goes abroad. And he was bragging that she had had 40 days of international travel without any kind of nuisance incidents. This is critically important because a lot of the CCP's own legit legitimacy inside China is to is their acceptance or their supposed acceptance on the world stage. And so it's critically important for them to, to, to micromanage every moment of any time a Chinese leader or Chinese official is traveling aboard, abroad. And, and that means they'll go to great lengths to silence people again in, in you know, Western countries, in, in democratic countries. And I think it also speaks to how afraid the CCP is um, for anything that might shine a little bit of a light on what they're really doing uh, to their own people uh, back under the communist regime. And despite being severely persecuted for over 23 years, there was no specific mention of the human rights abuses committed against Falun Gong practitioners in China. Do you think this is something President Biden should have spoken about with Xi during their first meeting? Yes, it's very much so. I mean, it's. I think what people don't realize is that there were 100 million people practicing Falun Gong in China when this persecution started. That's more than twice the number of everyone living in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Uyghurs in Xinjiang combined. I mean, it's an enormous population of people, and it's throughout China. In every single province, from university professors to housewives to senior military leaders, Falun Gong was everywhere, and it is today. And so to, to ignore the human rights abuses or to not mention the human rights abuses against Falun Gong is ignoring certainly the largest population of people being persecuted in China, but it's also ignoring what's happening with Falun Gong in China in response to the persecution. There are tens of millions of Falun Gong practitioners around China who are engaged in a very peaceful grassroots disobedience movement to inform the public about not only the abuses against themselves, 
but the tyrannical history of the CCP more broadly, it's really helping Chinese people wake up. So attention on Falun Gong really matters because of the size of, 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 of the group, because of the terrible crimes that have been committed against it, but also in supporting their effort to really bring about peaceful awareness and hopefully an end to the persecution inside China. So going forward, what would you like to see Biden and his administration do in relation to human rights abuses in China? Very clear. And the evidence on this is very clear. Public specific pressure. That's the only thing that works. They want to try and play this game. The CCP tries to play this game to get governments to only mention stuff in private. That doesn't do anything. And, and we've had decades of, of, of historical record to show that doesn't do anything. But again, going back to the sanctions that the Biden administration did and before him, the Trump administration, multiple administrations have sanctioned Chinese officials specifically for their persecution of Falun Gong. And that has ripple effects throughout China in ways that maybe many people don't realize. Um, Chinese officials, Chinese police chiefs start worrying that they're going to get sanctioned and they start easing up in some cases on persecuting Falun Gong and other people inside the country. And so those kind of specific actions are the only thing we've seen that Western governments have done so far that have actually had an impact on the lives of people inside China. We need more of that. Indeed. Thank you so much, Levi Browdy, Executive Director of Falun Dafa Information Center. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Ellie Hart. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.